0: Do you like books, or movies, or TV shows, or songs with lyrics? You know, things that were created by writers? Of course you do. Do you like watching people type? I doubt it. Do you like hearing people tell you about how they came up with the things they type? Maybe. And there are lots of shows like that. But this isn't one of them. Do you ever procrastinate? Writers do too. So, if you've ever enjoyed a great book, or film, or TV show, or song, or poem, and you thought, I'll bet the woman who wrote this epic high-fantasy TV series, or the guy who wrote this funny, queer sci-fi novel, or the person who writes this punch-you-in-the-gut poetry would be really fun to hang out with, and I'd like to hear them confess their bad not-writing habits, you're in the right not-writing place. I'm Benjamin Gorman. And the quiet guy behind the glass over there is doug the producer i write novels and collections of poetry and stuff and doug does his best to try to make me sound better from not a pipe publishing welcome to writers not writing listen for the word imbibe yeah That's
1: a good one. If I take my time.
0: today's guest is b zelkovich uh B Brittany uh writes speculative fiction anything from dragon hunting space whales demon dealing ghost tales uh when she isn't escaping into her imagination she escapes to the wonders of the Pacific Northwest with her spouse and four-legged son Simon what kind of four-legged son is Simon
1: uh he is a mutt uh dog uh we think he's a black mouse mix. the Humane Society said beagle Shepherd so honestly who knows
0: my dog, Evie, is a, uh, uh, you know, say, rescue dog, who knows what kind. My guess is mostly pit, like you'd see her, and people are like, oh, that's a beautiful pit bull, and I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. know, you know, but yep. uh, yes, that's, that is, uh, the, you know, I, I like the, the, the mutts, I think, are probably genetically superior. Like, I, I look at the British royal family, and I'm like, no, don't do that to dogs. <laughs>
1: don't do that. It's like pugs. Um, no, no shade to pugs. I love pugs, but man, they're kind of rough to look at sometimes. Yeah. Well, and
0: so many health issues. I'm like, no, yeah. give me a mutt. That, that's fine. Give me a healthy mutt, please. Um, and
1: Simon is, just turned eight and he acts like he's two, like he's going to truck forever. It seems yeah. like so.
0: Oh yeah. Good dog. Um, yep. So uh, before we launch into the show itself, we always need to make, I I need to remember that our listeners can't see how we dress up. We dress up for every episode, full costume, you know, we really go all out. And so tell everybody about what you are choosing to wear for this show today.
1: Well, I was told that this was a very like high-end podcast establishment, Fact. so I chose to go full Audrey Hepburn a la Breakfast at Tiffany's, so I've got the black gown, and I've got the black satin gloves, I rented some diamonds on very short notice, so feeling fancy. And those are fancy. real. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that
0: would look fabulous, yes. I hope folks, I mean, folks who are on YouTube can see the diamonds, that I, is... I, uh, I, <laughs>
1: I hope it doesn't, like, reflect too much and, like, blind people. It's it's
0: a little, you know, it's very sparkly. uh, (laughs) I can tone
1: down the diamonds. Yeah.
0: No, no, no. No, no. It looks amazing. Well, uh, I'm going to be very transparent with our listeners. I never want to uh, leave a listener feeling that they were deceived. I am, we are pre-recording this episode, so you'll notice that the uh, news that we talk about might be a little dated. Uh, You know, this is before Trump is arrested hopefully um so uh yeah we're, we're we're recording and so i had to do a little bit of a quick change so last week's episode i was in that full abominable snowman outfit to you know fit with the weather so good and this week I went with, well, in order to do the quick change quickly, I am in this neon green Borat bikini, which I, I had to look up is called a mankini. It has a formal name. It has a name. It has a name. I'm in this mankini. And the reason I went with that is I could put it underneath the abominable. Uh, right. Outfit. Yeah. So, you know, you've got the very, the, the, the classy Breakfast at Tiffany's look, and I've got the classy Borat mankini, the, the shot yes, would... classic film. <laughs> Um, two classic
1: films represented exactly
0: exactly (laughs) it is uncomfortable i have to you know the way that i just sitting i I think this is designed to stand on a beach and not sit in a a pleather chair it's a little be in water um yeah it's uh it's so it's not a look that i will uh sport often but i thought i'd try it out for the show (laughs) and we'll see it's it's airy it's a lot you know i can
1: Thank you for choosing my episode to test yes, out the mankini. Yes. <laughs> I really appreciate that's, it.
0: That's yeah. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, so uh, what has been keeping you, this is a show about procrastination. What has been keeping you away from your writing this week?
1: Oh, uh, God of War. <laughs> I've been the, playing.
0: What are we up to? Is this four?
1: Uh, well, if we're counting all the early PS2 games, I think this is five, the newest one um god of war 2018 which i just finished last week was number four and then god of war ragnarok just came out in november and so now i'm caught up and i've started playing that so and this is
0: the one with the son, right
1: bo- yeah both 2018 and this one are oh. kratos and his son
0: Kratos and I see and i am not a i don't want to start the xbox versus playstation wars i know that that's a real thing i'm we're an xbox it's not household. for
1: me i have them both Okay,
0: yeah, but uh, <laughs> that is a game series that I would love. Like, I just think it is. I mean, I teach a a legends and mythology class. Like, it is so oh, you up would my love this alley. so
1: much. Yeah, oh my yeah. gosh, I so. I'm really enjoying it because in this set of games, they have Kratos has abandoned Greek mythology and he's now in Norse mythology. And so I know, like, just a little bit, like, just enough to where I'm hearing names and I'm like, I know that. Why do I know that? And, but not enough to like spoil anything. So it's been really, really fun.
0: I, I, I am very jealous. I, Noah and I, uh, yesterday were playing a bunch of Halo Infinite. We oh, actually yeah. hooked up a second TV because it doesn't have the split screen yet and mm-hmm. so we uh were both playing Halo Infinite together and it was, Wonderful. It was a very good day but that was that was my recommendation for last week which of course happened a long long time ago and not reported <laughs> you know an hour ago um so um uh, my recommendation for folks for uh, procrastination I uh, got together with a bunch of colleagues this last week and played Cards Against Humanity which I know that's not new like you know everybody knows about Cards Against Humanity but if you are playing it I highly recommend finding the right group of people it makes all the difference you know if you've got people
1: you have have to play like to your audience which is why I'm terrible at that game because I can only play to my husband's sense of humor and so everyone else is just like wow this chick is really weird I don't get any of her jokes
0: (laughs) yes well and that was the, the fun thing as we were playing was like oh this person's more of a prude like they're going to be shocked by this combination oh this you know person is you know of this particular identity and so they're going to love this one that's a you mm-hmm. know a reference and so we laughed really really hard it was a lot of fun but uh yeah it is different with every group but highly yeah. recommend cards against humanity so the news which will now be a week out of date uh hence the mankini so uh what uh what what has been getting your attention in the news a week before people <laughs> are listening to this show?
1: Uh, so as of this recording, I was on Twitter and yeah, I'm still on Twitter oh, me too. Um, and I saw a headline. I didn't click in because I'm a terrible person, but I saw a headline about a um, stabbing in Canada perpetrated by a group of eight teenage girls against a single like adult man and they killed him. Um, I didn't like see any other, I didn't follow up on it or see like what else has come out about it. That's literally all I know. But the reason it was like distracting for me is because so many people in the comments were like, what is wrong with these children? And, and I'm, you know, I'm an educator in a, in a public high school and I'm like, have y'all met teenage girls? Yeah. They're vicious. They well, can't be, vicious not all of them. So
0: like how much, how many times have we not read the article about the flipped script? you know where a man kills a young woman and it's just oh that just happens all the time especially if she's mm -hmm. a young woman of color like oh it doesn't even make the news and then you know the these teenage girls kill this guy and it's like maybe uh you know we should pay attention to the absence of the inverse for (laughs)
1: sure absolutely
0: um well mine was a twitter story too i saw this this is wild this last week or just a couple days ago the temperature in wyoming at one point dropped from 43 degrees to 10 degrees in 10 minutes oh right like you're no. a cow you're out on the you know in in wyoming and the now temperature drops so fast they can't even get you in in time like you just yep. freeze like it's it's uh, straight out of what was that movie that was the the you know the uh, environment goes nuts and is killing everybody um Oh
1: the happening?
0: Oh no, it wasn't it's not the one I'm thinking of. There there was a, a disaster movie about yeah flash freezes and and you know incredible weather stuff. And I am this, not
1: a film person, so I am the wrong person to I'm ask.
0: Blanking, and people even posted gifs of like this is straight out of that movie. Like
1: 2012.
0: It wasn't that one, although that one was ridiculous and absurd as well. Uh, And this one was. I'm just listing movies
1: I've never seen.
0: (laughs) You can't show a ten minute long scene of you know, and so they do it in ten seconds in the movie, and people just like flash freeze. But like Mm. ten minutes, like that's wild. And and I I, it was from a reputable source. Was it was either the Weather Channel or the the you know U.S. Weather Service or something? And I was like, does this happen? Frequently? Is this happening more frequently as a consequence of global climate change? Like, I, it's, it, that's a scary drop. Uh, the lesson from, for me
1: from that is I do not need to visit Wyoming in the winter.
0: Yeah, yeah, nope, no thanks. Uh, yeah, the, uh, Wyoming is a beautiful state to drive through.
1: that's that's true um,
0: i would not want to live there uh and certainly not when the temperature is falling 33 degrees in 10 minutes it's so crazy it makes me cold in this mankini just thinking about that like oh
1: i mean you should be cold in a mankini yes i mean
0: you know i'm trying to keep the house warm enough but uh there's no warm enough for this um so aside from news stuff getting in your way what else has been getting in your way this week in terms of hobbies what do you get into?
1: Um, Well, not so much this week because we're currently in the middle of an ice storm. Uh, But when I'm not, when I'm avoiding writing, I'm either playing video games, as I mentioned. Um, I love hiking when the weather is decent, which I I have a pretty broad range of what qualifies for decent. Um, But this is not. It's like 22 degrees
0: and icy. Where where are your hiking go-tos?
1: My favorite hike of all time so far is uh Cape Falcon, out north of Manzanita on the coast. Oh. Um it's not a very long hike. I think it's like just short of 4 or 5 miles out and back, but you go out to the edge to the cape and you get this amazing view south and north down the coast. Um and it's got really dramatic cliffs um with like a really dark I don't think it's basalt because of the area, but maybe it is. I'm not a geologist. Um, But really dark cliffs and then the water, especially in early spring, has a lot of like white caps. So you get that really beautiful color. Everything's so green. It smells good. It's like I take people there all the time
0: i will check that one out that's uh that's one of the reasons i have chosen to live in oregon i love the green and people are like oh it rains some yeah that's why we get the green i'm fine with the rain because i love the green although last night was super weird because it rains so much that when it's 23 degrees it can't decide that that it should snow at 23 (laughs) degrees it was raining yeah at 23 degrees uh but it was ice (laughs) and then it's, it's just yeah, ice it all falling from the it's sky totally froze into yeah uh, but i was like my son and i were listening to it and we were like is that hail is that no it's actually rain and then it freezes like yep um but yeah that I'm is from a, oh, where I'm are you from, from
1: arizona i'm from arizona originally uh and so moving up here was a huge change because everything in arizona is just various shades of brown yeah uh, and i love arizona especially there's the some winter.
0: beautiful green places up north yes um once you get up into the kind of foothills of the rockies but uh yeah, yeah
1: a lot of the stuff i'm from the crazy. valley so
0: yeah it's uh it's
1: i tell people back home i'm like i live in a postcard i'm never coming back what are you talking yeah. about this is yep. the most beautiful place i could ever live
0: yeah i have been um, to every single state and i live here for a reason like this definitely. is the most beautiful place so uh folks out there please come raise my the value of my house by moving here because this is the most beautiful state <laughs>
1: I don't know. I kind of don't want any more people to move here. I know.
0: Everybody's like, oh, <laughs> I don't want people to move here. And I'm like, yeah, but, but I, it's good for your value of your home. Please move And I here. have
1: no right to say that because I moved here.
0: Exactly. Like I, you know, I know the people who were born here are like, ah, Californians. And, you know, I, I moved Not here me. from Ohio. There <laughs> you, you know, go. Like, yes, there you go. I chose this. Um, well, This last week I have been recording an audio book, which have you ever done that Ooh. before?
1: I've done some like audio narration for some of my microfiction that I do in my newsletter. Yeah. Um but that's about it.
0: It's a, it was a lot of learning uh, when you upload them to Audible. They have a very specific bandwidth they have, or in terms of the decibels, you know, so that you're, it's not too loud, too quiet, which mm-hmm. was helpful because I would not have known that. So I'm having to learn a lot about kind of audio recording. So it's not a writing project. I'm allowed to talk about it on the show, but it is <laughs> a, uh, it's a, it was, it was a lot of learning. It was a lot of fun. So yeah. yeah. First, first uh, audio book.
1: Uh, congratulations.
0: Thank you. Yeah, um, I good.
1: love audiobooks. I'm actually just about to finish listening to one. Um, but yeah, I found audio recording for like spoken word is a lot trickier than you would think. Yes. Like it seems like, oh, you just talk into a microphone and everything's good. And it no, absolutely well, not.
0: <laughs> no. And I am not a professional. This is all new learning for me. But that's the case with so many of these projects I get into. It's like, I'm going to learn by doing. This is how yep. I'm going to figure out how this is done. But uh, it was it was a lot to learn. I mean, the pros know a lot more than I do. I'm it was like reading articles where I'd go, okay, I don't even know how to fix this. How do I go through and you know make this change to get this because my mm-hmm. peaks are too high or whatever? And so uh, it was it was a lot of learning. But
1: I'm always I read those articles and I'm like, I don't even know what that means. What yeah. are you? What is that? Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of the, I mean, and I'm getting feedback from the computer system and it's saying, nope, your file needs to be this way or that way. And I was like, I don't understand. So that was, (laughs) it was a good experience. Uh, But um, yeah, that's, that, that has been a lot of fun. And so I'm doing another, I'm trying to do one of my uh, books of poetry, which is weird. One of the things is they Charge for audiobooks based on the length, which makes total sense. Like I understand Mm -hmm. somebody is evaluating. Okay, I'm you know I'm I'm going to buy this thing based on how much entertainment I'm going to get out of it. Well, with a book of poetry, that's you know very few hours. So it's a lot Mm -hmm. of hours of work to create the audiobook because every poem is a separate file. For a book that's probably, I don't know how much it's going to be sold for. That's not decided by me, but it's probably going to be sold for chump change. So folks out there, you can get uh, hours and hours and hours of my work uh, (laughs) very cheaply when that next one comes out. But uh, I think uh, for me,
1: audio is is important because of accessibility. Yes. Like there's so many people, myself included, that like my brain is not always able to just sit down and read something, but I can listen to it while I do other things um and that's just like a neurodivergence accessibility let alone actual like um vision issues or what have you so I think yeah, audiobooks I are so insane. important
0: what uh, audiobook are you listening to now is it any good
1: Oh it's fantastic I'm listening to Vincent and Teo by Deborah he- Heiligman I think is her last name it is um kind of like a narrative nonfiction, but it's completely based on Vincent Van Gogh's letters between him and his brother, Teo. And it tells like the story of their lives through letters.
0: Through letters. It's really, really good. Is it two voice narrators?
1: No, because the way it's told, it's like the narrator has compiled the letters and he gives you some context and then he gives you part of the letter and like that. Which Um, is cool.
0: And that framing device is nice for creating a story too. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. It's, it's been really, really good. I do, I I fell asleep listening to it last night. Oh yeah,
0: I've had. I that. had
1: two and a half hours left and I woke up and it was over and I was like, oh no. Oh, and I, I have to I find had to, my place. Yeah, you know what place I was at? Two and a half hours left. I fell asleep like immediately apparently. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Which is not a knock on the book. Like I have- No. And I find that there are some activities that I can do while well listening to an audiobook and some that I can't. Like Mm -hmm. I can't do anything that would, you know, some people have the brain for it. They're capable of doing anything and taking in multiple inputs. And for me, it's like, I can do things like I can garden, I can Mm -hmm. draw, I can, you know, painting, you know, Mm -hmm. those kinds of things where, uh, or woodworking, those kinds of things. But anything that involves written text at all, like if I am working on a project and I look away and have to look at written instructions, as soon as I am reading, the book is gone. And yeah. then I have to go back, 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 back. Okay, I got to find my place because I lost the thread. Uh, but I still love audiobooks. They are a wonderful option. And I tell my students like, this is reading. It still counts. This is it
1: lights up the same parts of your brain. It yeah. is literally the way the human brain absorbs story. Does not care if it is written versus auditory. It doesn't care. Yeah. So please, please, are- please. Yeah. Listen to audiobooks. Listen
0: to audiobooks. And there are are certainly skills that are involved in the written word that are things we have to teach, you know, people Mm -hmm. how to do. I want my students to be able to do that as well. But there are skills in listening to an audiobook in terms of Mm -hmm. interpreting story that are also valuable. And so uh, teaching students, you know, that that's valid. Uh, I I also
1: tend, sorry, I also tend to remember different things. Mm -hmm. Like if I read Read it visually and then listen to it. My takeaways are different, yeah, which is really, really interesting.
0: Yeah, and I wonder how much of that is that we get this work filtered through the interpretation of that voice narrator. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I totally agree. One of my other books is currently uh, in the hands of a of different voice actor. And she's fabulous. It would not have been one that I could have read because the protagonist is a, you know, teenage black female. Like that's not, you know. That's yeah,
1: odd. that might not work.
0: I, I've done readings and I have to say to the audience, like, I'm not a woman, I'm not black. Like this is, you know, yeah. you'll have to just try and imagine. And so hearing her read it was this bizarre experience for me because I was like, this is really good. Like this sounds very different than oh wait i did write this
1: i was gonna say do you have that (laughs) moment where you're like wait i wrote that like it's like hearing it for the first time
0: but she made makes it into something so much better and in fact there are a couple of moments where i was like almost tearing up uh she's talking about there's a scene where she's talking about visiting her mother in jail and i'm like oh my gosh i'm really affected and then i had to go oh i wrote this scene
1: yeah yeah it came (laughs) out of me
0: (laughs) <laughs> we made this this into something else. So That's awesome. that comes out. That'll be really cool for people to, you know, especially if somebody listens to the one that I narrate and then listens to hers and it'll be like, oh yeah, this, this, these are very, very different stories, but uh, she does a fantastic, she's also just a lot better at it. She's a pro. Uh, right. So that, that will be, that'll be cool. But uh, I I am learning about, the the world of audio because a couple of author friends were like this is the future like we've got to have everything on audio and I was like oh I'm not I'm not (laughs) there yet so trying to catch up
1: yeah I've found that doing the narrations for just like little pieces here and there as like practice has been really really helpful
0: yeah. Just to think about your writing mm-hmm. process in terms of how will this, and even before I, as part of my editing process, I would read my work out loud to myself. Mm-hmm. That's a good practice I encourage students to do. And I know they don't like they, I tell them go home and read it out loud and see how it sounds. And then when make I read your it, computer,
1: going, read it out loud. You don't even yeah. have to be the one to do it. Yep. That's what Which I do.
0: Very cool. It's that's a new thing that, you know, relatively new that students could do. And I'm like, it's a good practice. Let the computer read it to you and you'll hear oh this sentence sounds weird
1: and it's usually really funny because inevitably there's a name or a word as a speculative writer that is not something the computer knows how to say and so they butcher it and it's hilarious
0: yes i uh was (laughs) listening to uh something that i just had the computer read to me that was a submission from uh, someone and a lot of the characters were doctor whomever doctor whomever but Mm -hmm. the uh the computer can't tell whether it's the name of a character or the name of a street and so it would say drive and so i had to go oh drive oh yeah that's dr whomever you know that's funny uh, because dr period it doesn't know uh so that was fun to kind of hear the computer learning it's figuring it out uh but well worth the the time that as an exercise
1: that was a good audio book Tangent. Good job, us. Yeah,
0: not bad, <laughs> huh? Uh, and yet, not about our writing. Nope. You know, we're, we're being good. Speaking of being good, we do have to do our ad break. So, Doug uh, <gasps> will plug this ad break in. Uh, Doug is awesome. Our yeah,
1: Doug's great. Yeah, he's the best.
0: This week's show is brought to you by Pass, an all new fragrance by Editor in Chief Perfumes. This new scent is not one of those sweet scents or those seductive sexy scents perfume companies are frequently pushing. Instead, Pass by Editor-in-Chief is a complex aroma, a mixture of dismissive confidence and crushing rejection. Wearing Pass will make you smell like the kind of person who can obliterate someone's dreams, while also making you smell like the kind of person who sobs into a keyboard after reading an email wearing pass you'll be a hit at parties just by letting people sniff your wrists you'll find out who is a struggling artist and who is a power mad corporate hack warning be careful who you take home from those parties both are problematic so get your bottle of pass today available in the smaller exclusive submissions only size sampler or the simultaneous submissions accepted our next segment is where we share a haiku and so Brittany, do you have a haiku to share with us today?
1: Uh, I'm not a poet, and I do know it. Um, God of War is fun. Oh, God. God of War is fun. Yep. But it takes a lot of time. Oh, well. Boots up PS4.
0: And you're reading PS4 as a syllable, right?
1: One word. It's one word. I don't know. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll
0: allow it. Okay. Uh, nicely done. <laughs> so what's going on with you writing-wise? How can folks support your writing, uh, not for future projects, but in the moment, in the present? In- what's going on with you?
1: Right now, in the present, I just self-released a short story today. Um, it was a Taco Bell story that I wrote for Taco Bell Quarterly. If you're not familiar with Taco Bell Quarterly, please go to Twitter right now and find them because it's the most dark and hilarious social media account I've ever encountered. And it is a legitimate literary journal.
0: It really is.
1: It really, really is. And I wrote a really weird sci-fi Taco Bell story just for them and submitted it. I got rejected, which is part well, of the job, right? Is, yeah. Like, um, and I no one else is going to want this weird Taco Bell story so i just posted it myself to nice. share um so that went up today um you can find it at my website which is com. if you type in b Zelkovich, you will find me i am the only one in the country yes um and so uh that went up today i've got when
0: is it set i am excited to check that out when is the story so is is it a sci-fi in the future yeah so about?
1: it's called it's called Three Lessons Learned at the Taco Bell at the Edge of the Universe. So it's kind of like a riff on uh, the restaurant at the end of the yes. universe. Um, but the main character is an android worker, drive through worker. Uh, and basically the whole concept is that they are learning kind of what it means to live Moss while helping all of these sci-fi IP characters who are very much unnamed, but they come through as they come through this space drive-through
0: that is awesome
1: it's weird i will
0: will absolutely check that that sounds right up and i love uh douglas adams and you know the the hitchhiker's guided galaxy series so getting back into that world but with the t-bell twist uh sounds perfect for (laughs) you've written the story for me i am your target oh
1: you're you're the target audience got it i
0: I will love that uh what else
1: um i also you can I have a newsletter that goes out once a month where I share um, all the updates that happened on my website for the month, as well as a exclusive piece of microfiction, a different one each month that has um, an audio narration. There was that one month where I sent out some really angry Roe v. Wade poetry, but I promise that doesn't happen very often.
0: And is deserved. Um, so that, that <laughs> yeah. we need that. The- I totally understand that. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of work every single month. You've got some piece yeah. of microfiction. That's, I mean, mm-hmm. it's a good practice. It's a good yes. way to keep yourself going. But oh, there I have I have bad months. Like you know,
1: oh, I do too. And that sometimes it's literally like, hey, it's the night before this needs to go out. We're sitting down and we're hammering out five hundred words, yeah. and it's worked out every oh, that's time. Great. So where so, can folks get
0: get on that list?
1: Um, again, on my website. If you're on the front page just scroll all the way down there's a form to sign up you just want to make sure to check your spam because it has to reconfirm that you wanted to sign up and basically there's an option to sign up on any of my pages on my website
0: i i will do that today based on that t-bell story that sounds (laughs) (laughs) man i'm gonna have to
1: ramp up my taco bell stories yes exactly well you. i
0: mean no don't do that just for me you can't you know you can't uh, yeah
1: yeah can't write to one living person. on
0: uh, an audience of one so uh, uh but uh, um yeah i'll check that out
1: one other thing i do want to plug is um i have a podcast as well it is also a monthly podcast and it is called top shelf librarians and it's where four library pros talk all things booze and books so basically we get together once a month we have drinks and then we talk about what we read the month before
0: oh that sounds great so,
1: yeah and i'm the least funny person on there everyone else is much funnier than me but uh are, i'm kind of the person regular, in charge of
0: it. yeah who's the who's the who are the librarians
1: um so we're all friends uh, in our area that uh, work together at some point we are all working in different places now um, in libraries and so uh, my buddy Matt Laurel and Heather How and we, we cool. all get together every month
0: and so uh, what kinds of are there threads in terms of the things that folks you know keep coming back to where a particular individual has a genre or is it really kind or... of
1: Um. so Matt is really into cookbooks and so he talks a lot about cookbooks and graphic novels um, Laurel just likes the weirdest, bleakest, most depressing stuff. And so she kind of runs the gamut and she reads a lot of short fiction. Um, I think her favorite book of this year was Our Wives Under the Sea, mm. um, which is like a horror. And so she and it was up for a Goodreads nom for best horror this year. So um that's kind of the fun part is as librarians we're reading a lot of really current stuff. Um, Heather is a Uh, high school librarian as well and so she reads a lot of YA um, but also a lot of general and speculative fiction and then I read mostly spec fic occasionally like a nonfiction, like Vincent and Teo I just I'll be talking about on this next episode I listened to 10 Steps to Nanette by Hannah Gadsby Um, did you watch the Nanette Netflix special that came out in like 2020 oh my god it's good Really? It's so good. It, yeah, because it builds itself as a comedy special. And the first half, you're like, she's one of the funniest people I've ever heard. And it's cracking up. And then all of a sudden, she twists it on you. And the whole thing is an experiment in tension.
0: Ooh. So
1: she's like, starts digging through her trauma. And like it gets wild. Um, and it's gorgeous. And then so she wrote a memoir about all of the events in her life that led to making the net. And it was really good. She read it herself. So fantastic. Highly recommend it.
0: Did you see the uh, Bo Burnham special that came out during uh, COVID?
1: Oh, yeah. I sure did.
0: Many times. (laughs) But it was brilliant. But same thing. Like, oh, this is funny. Oh, no, it's not. No. This is incredibly dark.
1: (laughs) It was the most accurate piece of media that I saw to represent the pandemic experience to me. Like uh that last track the second to last track or whatever all lies on me. I had to like pause it and walk away for a second yeah. because I was just so deep in this like spiral he was having during that track. Ugh.
0: And I wonder how long it will last in terms of its I wonder if there'll be a lag where people will say, I I am not ready to watch that again. Like I am not, you know, and then come back to it. But I if you if you are feeling ready yet out there, check that out uh because it is hard to watch it is brilliant it is incredibly funny and then it's not and And then sometimes it is again (laughs) yeah and then it will be like oh that was really funny too and and by then you you've been hit so hard that you're like i really want to laugh because oh my gosh that last one yeah that last you know that last end of that song or whatever Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, and he is
0: incredibly multi-talented like it's unfair yeah because the
1: really really cool thing about that whole special inside we're talking about bo burnham's inside is that he wrote it all himself and he literally recorded it all in his studio on his property by himself so he did all the lighting all the music all the cinematography all the recording all the editing he did the whole thing over the course of what he had hoped would be a pandemic year and of course obviously that was not the case it, just... it went on and on is going on and on um but yeah yeah. Uh,
0: And you see in it, those of you who have not seen it, you can tell he's doing it all. Like It's an incredible achievement to see how he put all this stuff together by himself. And he does some really clever camera work and uh, the lighting is wild, the stuff that he had to use to do it. And then the kind of backstory, you know, the backstory of, you know, where he had basically given up.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the anxiety got to him. He's having panic attacks on stage and he's like, I can't do live comedy anymore. And literally like January, 2020, he was like, I think I've, I've worked on myself. I think it's better. I think I can start doing this again. And then boom, the pandemic happened and crushed all of that. Um, which I think a lot of us can relate to. We all had things that got.
0: I had completely my first, obliterated. um, actual tour with like a, a book tour planned where I had like, uh, signings, like i was going to go down to the bay area and i already had like five bookstores then i was going to you know and so i had a genuine book tour planned and the whole thing you know um yeah and and you can't complain to people you can't say hey you just lost a loved one to this terrible
1: right right
0: and my five book signings were canceled like
1: right.
0: you know, I, I didn't did get to
1: go hike time. in arizona for spring right. break oh no yeah yeah um, exactly
0: another thing that we lost was even the sympathy yeah. <laughs> this thing yeah. didn't go well in my life and it was nothing compared to what others suffered so yep but yeah that that do check out if if you did have a less uh, uh life-shattering event during covid watch the bo burnham special so that you can go oh yeah th- just being entrapped was awful that's it is yeah. valid to have lost yes something
1: uh i do want to say like shout out to my favorite 30 second track in that program is uh atl and he's talking about like he's like so depressed he's like i'm at an all-time low and then it breaks into the most upbeat chipper, like 30 <laughs> second sound beat that is perfectly describing a panic attack. Yeah. And I laugh so hard every single time because I'm mentally ill.
0: <laughs> well, and I had not had my first panic attacks I I struggle with anxiety and and Mm -hmm. depression and stuff and I had not had uh, before it had been depression never anxiety and until relatively recently before the lockdown I had never had a full-on panic attack and so it was like oh this is a little close to home like I just experienced this and I was like yeah that's uh it's watching
1: it at the time that it came out like like, as Ben is saying, watch it when you're ready because it's rough. But I think there's actually something to be said for watching it in the moment when we weren't as distant. Cause there was a like a, a weird commiseration catharsis that came out of watching it, but also an unhealthy like obsession. And yeah. I listened to the soundtrack a lot, like on Spotify. And it got to the point where my husband would be like, Hey, you're listening to Inside a lot. Are you okay?
0: <laughs> right. It was, it wasn't, it got to the point where listening to it was a cry for help.
1: yeah uh yeah totally i'm 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 still in this
0: place this place which place the inside soundtrack the
1: atl Um, that's where i'm at
0: yeah (laughs) very much so uh so uh one of the things we do for the show is we have a weekly poll so that uh, listeners viewers can jump in and share what they um oh no i jumped ahead there's something else that i wanted to ask you about uh your short stories
1: yeah um i have so many stories coming out next year, um I think I have four coming out next nice. year um so I just had one come out in November um called life like and it's at wild wild blood press um it's a horror flash fiction haunted house ish story
0: about how long um
1: it's just under a thousand words, yeah,
0: real flash right yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah,
1: it's like I think it's nine eighty nine or something like that um, so that just came out and then soon i'm hoping in january i'm supposed to be having um a story in an anthology called lolcraft a compendium of, of eldritch humor
0: oh yes i yes. have heard about this yes, yes. Uh, that that will be fun um
1: my story in that is called bell biv derailed and <laughs> yeah yeah so i think i can leave it at that it knows <laughs> it, it is Cthulhu adjacent, it. Yep. and that title uh goes together and then I just sold two more stories and I don't know anything about release dates. One is in Tree and Stone and the other one we haven't officially announced yet. So TBD, um, TBA. Oops. And then in April on Earth Day, we have, there's an anthology from Laxa Media coming out. Um, it's called Life Beyond Us, 28 Original SF Stories and Science Essays. So this is a really, really cool project I'm so excited about. Um, it is... 28 sci-fi writers writing stories about like life beyond earth uh-huh. and whether that's alien life or humans off of earth whatever and then they partnered with the European astrobiology institute and got scientists to write essays on the science and the stories and like talk about the plausibility and mm-hmm. things like that so oh, yeah.
0: um it's really that is uh yeah that would be yeah. interesting that'll be good for all spec writers to, to yeah. read that, to go, oh yeah, that's something to watch out for in my own fiction in the future. Yeah. So it's, it's such
1: thing. a cool concept. And, um, it was a really, really cool. I just said cool so many times, but it was so cool because it it was a Kickstarter they'd invited, I think 25 or 26 known authors like Mary Robinette Kowal is in it. Uh, premium Muhammad is in it. And so, um, they all got invited and then they reached a Kickstarter stretch goal where they opened up to, to pick two open call stories. And I was one of them. How so cool. like lost my mind a little bit at oh, that. Yeah. Um, so very, very excited. Um, that comes out on earth day. So April 22nd.
0: Oh, that is great. I I'm in a, uh, yeah. Local group that's going to be putting out an anthology around Earth Day as well, but their their concept, which I think is very clever, is uh, solar punk. It's you know sustainability. What might the world be like? Which is a real writing challenge. I've been telling Creative Writing Club. Normally we torment our characters. We put them in places that are awful, and to write a story that is compelling and interesting and has conflict. And yet the people in the story have figured out a way to live in nature in a sustainable way. That's going to be really tricky. So uh, I'm excited to see what my students come up with for that. But the concept of the anthology is that it's going to be all online and it is going to be just people from our community. And so it's not, this isn't, you know, authors from around the world. This is how do the people in this community who are writers envision our own community in the future
1: oh very nice so that
0: will be i I hope it flies i hope it works but i think it's a really cool concept uh yeah we'll see i should write something for it myself i have not done that.
1: oh no (laughs) just add that to the project list yes
0: exactly it goes on the list well i wrote a piece for um uh the timberline review through willamette writers where they they put out an all call and i was like oh yeah you know to do here's the prompt. Mm -hmm. And I sat down and wrote a piece in a day, which, you know, you know, a lot of these pieces we work on for a long time. And this was just one of those that just came to me. It falls out of you sometimes. Yeah. yeah, It was really, and it turned out really well. And then I reached out to some other authors and got some feedback and and help on, you know, polishing it up so that I didn't, I didn't turn it into them that day, but uh, it was nice. So I need to do the same thing with this solar punk and just take the time to say, okay, I'm going to, craft a piece uh it is nice when when it is themed like that piece that you Mm -hmm. wrote for where it's you know so what did you uh i don't know if you can share what yours is about for that one so
1: my story is called the lament of kivulakis um and it is set on titan um where there are these hyper cold methane leaks and the story is about a couple who are on an extended uh research outpost like they're living there for two years or whatever it is um, researching life in the methane lakes um, and so there's space whales spoiler alert um, and and it's really about the I don't want to give too much away in the story, but it is about this couple's relationship and and how for a long time together just you two what that can do to a relationship even though I wrote this very much pre-pandemic I was gonna say um, yes
0: was this uh was this a no
1: no, this, this story actually sold last December. And so, you know, publishing is a really slow process as I know, you know. Um, and so I'm really excited for it to come out. I will say, as you were talking about solar punk, um, I use that term speculative because I dip my toes into science fiction, but I am not a scientist. Um, I'm not good at science. Um, or I've not used my efforts to become good at science, I guess, um, and so I felt a little bit like, did they mean to pick me? Like, yeah. <laughs> did well, I trick them? Well, it could be
0: that some scientist was like, "This is something I would like to write about. Like, this is mm-hmm. a really interesting concept, uh, you know." And and I, I I love that pairing, that idea that somebody's going to be then saying, "This is how this lines up with what we know about Titan, and this yeah. is where it doesn't, and that's that's cool."
1: and one of the editors she is um she is a scientist in some aspect and so she when we did the edit letter so when you for listeners when you get a story accepted then they usually go through and they send you edits to go over and finalize everything before you sign a contract and you get paid um and so when she sent back the edits almost all of them were just science based like hey, this isn't how this would work. Can you like edit that? And I'm like, oh man, I'm so glad you're editing this because I had yeah. no idea. <laughs> like,
0: oh, that's a great experience. Yeah, that's the kind yeah. of feedback that's the most helpful. You know, it's mm-hmm. I mean, it's wonderful to get uh, copy edits and story edits and developmental yeah. edits, although developmental edits can be <sighs> just- uh. rough. <laughs> For make folks who rough. don't know the distinction, copy edits are things like you need a comma here. You you know you uh, punctuated Gram. this incorrectly. Grammatical stuff, yeah. And developmental edits are like this. This is not where the story actually begins. You. Need this doesn't
1: make sense. It. Yeah.
0: This uh, you know this 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 whole plot needs to be rewritten. And you get those, and they can just be heartbreaking when you go. This editor's right. I need to make <gasps> this huge change. This has to so be like, you know hey, you might want to try this in a totally different perspective. Okay, I have to rewrite the whole thing, you know. but Have uh, you
1: considered writing it from this character's point of view? Uh-huh. Oh, you mean the whole 80,000-word book? The, oh, gee, thanks. No, I hadn't.
0: Uh, yeah, I tell students about, you know, and as an exercise, rewriting something from another perspective. But I make my students do one page, not 80,000 yeah. pages. Yeah, so, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: That's, uh, it's a lot of work. Um, mm-hmm. So, Our weekly poll. So every week we put up a poll online. Uh, Two weeks ago, it was Elf on a Shelf. Uh, This last week, it was uh, French fry or tater tots, regardless, ranch or ketchup. Which, you know, do you prefer ranch or ketchup? And uh, this week, what should be our weekly poll?
1: We can keep it kind of French fry, Jason. And I was thinking, King of the Garbage Heap, McDonald's versus Taco Bell. Since we talked about Taco Bell so much already, they should just sponsor the show. Have you talked to them?
0: Uh, They uh, they really should reach out. I would accept Taco Bell money. So, um, (laughs) yes, I would accept McDonald's money as well, although... I'm going to tip my hand. I prefer Taco Bell. So, well,
1: shocker. Who do you think I prefer? I wrote a whole dang story. <laughs>
0: yes. Uh, yes. Uh, my fiance's son actually works at a t- Actually, I don't think he does anymore, but he worked at a T-Bell. And so we had the hookup. So, you know, it was pretty oh, cool. you, you know, you go in and- uh,
1: I need a hookup. We
0: always paid for our food. Everything was- Yeah. Know, yeah. Uh, knowing uh, knowing somebody at the T-Bell is, uh, is advantageous. Um, <laughs> but I mean, maybe not advantageous in every way, yeah, sure. as, as folks seeing me in a mankini know right now that <laughs> there, there's the downside of the t-bell
1: you know what no body shaving here
0: that's right that's right you know i'm all living bodies best are beautiful. life in this neon green mankini
1: um, not all mankinis are beautiful but all bodies in mankinis are beautiful
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll, <laughs> let, I'll let the viewers decide about that too uh so we don't have a particular we don't have a listener question today but Folks, please do send in listener questions uh, at, to send them to notapipepublishing at gmail.com and put in the subject line listener question and we'll get those on the show. Doug, the producer, luckily provided us with a question for today. He wanted to know. Thanks, Doug. Yeah. So when you li- when you are writing, do you listen to music?
1: Yes, I do. Um, so actually, music is a part of my prewriting. So when I first get the concept for a story, Um, it's usually just like a flash of an image and a line of dialogue. Um, and then as it percolates and it builds, I start to get a sense for like the tone and the vibe and all the, all the weird nebulous things that are hard to pin down. And as that builds, I start making a playlist. Um, so the playlist is really important for probably more than two reasons. But, um, one is that pre-writing really nailing the vibe of the story Um, And then I listen to that every time I work on the story. So it becomes this sort of, it's a trick for my brain. Oh, I hear these songs. I work on this project. So it like locks me into writing mode quicker.
0: That's a great idea.
1: um, Which is an ADHD hack um, and it works very well. It is unfortunate for my husband because especially when I'm writing a book, you know, that's a big playlist and it is on constantly while I'm writing the like while I'm working on the book so like oh we're making dinner I'm listening to the book playlist
0: <laughs> but at least it's a playlist and not a yes. song he doesn't have yes. to hear the same song because I my music habit is like I'll discover some new song and then play it to death oh
1: yeah you uh-huh. know
0: over and over, Absolutely. over. Uh, and then go oh uh, I can't y- hear that song again for the next decade and then it'll come back you have to
1: wring like, oh, every ounce man. of dopamine out of that song
0: yes exactly <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah that's see i can't listen to new music while i write because Mm -hmm. it's distracting so if it's a song that i've done that process before of playing to death Mm -hmm. now it can be in the background and it doesn't distract me and it's fine but i the process that you're describing of the playlist as a way to kind of get into the groove of the story i'm gonna have to try that i think that's a really cool idea I've had a couple of authors uh, that I've worked with who, after the fact, created a playlist as part of the promotion Mm -hmm. for their books, where they said, if you're interested, it's free. Here is this playlist to listen to while you read my book, Uh, San Chrono, Gin. uh, Yeah, uh,
1: I just do that naturally, and then I share it. Well, I also write fan fiction a lot, and so this is any sort of writing it gets a playlist full stop and so a lot of times when I'm posting fan fiction that I will not reveal my name for um it I want to be on the record no
0: shade fan fiction is legit like I I
1: love it obviously like and all writing is real writing but um what
0: I always tell my students when they're like oh I'm I'm embarrassed I write fanfic I say you mean like Shakespeare did all of Shakespeare is fanfic every single play but maybe one we're not sure about Mary Wives of Windsor all the others are fanfic fanfic is legitimate fiction writing it's totally fine so yeah Yeah. no shade at all about fanfic. and
1: so many I learned so much about original fiction writing from writing fanfic so much um so like no shade to fanfic. I love it. But all my stories get playlists. And I know there's some writers who like they can't listen to music with lyrics or yeah. anything like that. And I don't care. I'll have instrumental. I, for my lament of Kivulakis, there's legitimately whale sound tracks on that playlist, but then there's also like regular music. <laughs> so, um,
0: the disconnect would be wild for me. Like yeah. I'm listening to whale sounds and then a song starts. I can imagine your husband's like, what is going on? <laughs>
1: luckily that story wrote itself it took a lot of time but active writing sessions it was only like two or three writing sessions but it had to it had to percolate so he didn't have to listen to it for very long
0: yeah not a lot of whale sounds (laughs) no uh but that's a cool idea i'm i'm looking forward to reading that one myself like that's space whales that's uh, the winner
1: yeah gotta gotta have them
0: (laughs) my next (laughs) novel has the the feature that is uh I'm, that i'm so excited about getting into people's hands is werewolves as puppies and oh. so you know adorable yeah and deadly like yeah you know like these are because if it's a three-year-old child that's a three-year-old wolf that thing will kill you yeah but the three-year-old you know that it turns into a toddler essentially well, and so, are you
1: is it like is time the same for aging as a as a wolf form versus a child form, or is it like an eight-month-old puppy? No, <laughs> versus, you know and so it's
0: not super clear. But the the you know it's not like the the, the wolves not the wolves like dog ears. Like yeah, but it's not dog ears. Yeah. So this wolf, this werewolf, has been a you know, and and some werewolves in the story are turned you know as adults. So the community has a, a weird distribution in terms of ages, but they are able to have children. And so when a couple of werewolves pair off and have a kid that kid is a werewolf from birth from birth and that means they're a human you know baby but they're being trained to hunt and stuff by another older woman in the huh. community uh who's a great character too <clears throat> uh the, the the teacher in the community is this old woman older woman and she is you know this gray wolf who takes these kids out into the woods to hunt game and stuff and then the werewolf pack is so they're introduced and they're just adorable and cute and yet covered in blood and bringing a deer head Mm -hmm. into the lodge and the human (laughs) characters are like what you know and then later they become really important in the story no spoilers so yes the uh, the baby werewolves I'm like I hope (laughs) hope people will go a book with baby werewolves I'm gonna read that Um, (laughs) so where can folks find your stuff
1: uh you can find me on my website is the easiest way to find me I'm really really good about there's a blog that updates at least once a week um and so you can find me at bzelkovich.com that I'm gonna spell zelkovich for y'all like I do to the doctor's office that is z as in zebra e-l-k-o-v as in victor i-c-h
0: and I will uh, put that in the show notes as well, and of course that's sweet. going to be the, in the title of the yeah. episode. So you've all seen that, uh, how that's spelled. But uh, yes, please go check that out and sign up for that newsletter. I'm going to do that yeah. today myself. Free Where can they find month. you on Twitter?
1: Uh, I am at BZ Elwin. Uh, uh, at that's it. At BZ Elwin. I don't say going. that out loud very often. Yeah,
0: right? It feels weird to say. So <laughs> yes. uh, and and you can probably find be uh, via, via mine as well because we interact a lot on Twitter. So yep, uh, I'm a teacher Mormon, so we'll, we'll be gabbing.
1: Yes, and I have a Facebook for for the uh, writer Facebook too. It's all linked on my website. You can find it all. So um, yeah, that's where you can find me. All well, my stories are linked People there, should so. connect
0: because you're going to have an exciting year as a writer this yeah. year.
1: There's a lot coming up. That's why I had to start a newsletter. (laughs) Yeah. So.
0: Um, Well, thank you so much for doing this. I've got a lot of folks to thank here. Uh, Thanks to the artist Max Oakland, who reached out and provided one of his songs for our intro song. Songs called I Prefer the Dusk. Uh, Let Max know you like it by following him on Twitter at Max Oakland. And thanks to Halizna CCO for their song Kids for the ad break. If you're in a band or a musical artist and you'd like something to be on the show, I would love to highlight a listener's work like Max's song, so email that to me. Thanks, as always, to Doug, the producer, for making the show sound good and taking the blame when it doesn't. I really appreciate the last part, especially, Doug. Thank you for that um and i cannot forget to mention that writers not writing is a production of not a pipe publishing so please go to notapipepublishing.com check out the amazing books written by writers who didn't procrastinate too much if you like this show rate and review it wherever you found it and please check out b Zalkovich's work uh again thank you so much for being on the show really appreciate it i want to make sure you get the last word so how shall we wrap up today
1: awesome thank you so much for having me uh today we're gonna wrap up with like a little bit of kind of like how I wrap up top shelf librarians uh I'm probably gonna butcher it but um so basically you've been listening to writers not writing thank you so much we hope you enjoyed the show uh we'll be back next week two weeks I don't know the schedule uh but in the meantime if you're a person who likes to imbibe reach for the top shelf you've earned it my time I make of my